Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Amen. I believe that the Christ that was slain on the cross has the power to change lives today. Let me believe that. For he changed me completely. A new life is mine. And that is why by, by the cross I will stay. Amen. We believe at the Anchor Church of Cambridge that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives. Somebody say amen. That's why Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. How many is thankful that he included us? Amen. Are you thankful that he included you? Hallelujah. Thankful for the price that was paid on the cross. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Amen. It is good to be here today. We have not been here for uh, two Sundays. And so this is our first Sunday back following our vacation. And uh, we're thankful to all of you for allowing us to get out of town for a couple of weeks and rest and and get recharged. And we know that that is uh, vitally important. Amen. We get weary sometimes. And so I'm so thankful for all of the the folks from Zanesville that came to help uh, in the church and the preaching and the worship and uh, um, those that were willing to give their time their energy to come. So thankful for that. Amen. Thankful for the Zanesville Church, Pastor Bounds, and and uh, them caring about the church in Cambridge. And uh, we love them very, very much. And so thankful. Did you enjoy the preaching? Amen. It was. Uh, I listened to um, the messages, the Sunday messages. Very powerful very fitly spoken and uh, very anointed. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 11 I must not have gave him the verse. Verse 11 Praise the Lord. Are you going to preach with me this morning? quick then. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Does anybody want the blessing of the Lord? 
And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. They danced in the Bible. That's in scripture. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, they danced. Now ask him, why aren't you dancing? <laughs> Got quiet. Now don't sit on me. Elbow him, ask him, why aren't you dancing? <laughs> he didn't just dance. He danced with all of his might. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Amen. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject, the the need for the presence of God. The need for the presence of God. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down, lift our hands unto the Lord one more time and just ask him to speak to us today. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord. God, I need to hear your voice today. I need you to speak to me today, Lord. Oh, I need wisdom. I need direction, God. I need counsel. Lord, I need healing, God. I need your touch today, Lord. God, I'm here for your presence. God, I pray that you would help us today, Lord. Anoint every eye to see, every ear to hear, and every heart to be understanding of your word. And help me this morning, Lord, to disappear in your anointing. Help me to preach your word, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would go before us and prepare the way. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody say, I'm glad to sit down. Go in. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The need for the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant was uh, made by Moses. It was a, a piece of furniture that God required Moses to make to be a representation of something. We know that in the Old Testament tabernacle, every piece of furniture was made for a specific purpose. A man being a type or a figure or a shadow of things to come. Moses made the Ark of the Covenant and God commanded him to make it first. Amen. It was the first piece of furniture that 
was made, amen, before anything else was put in place. The Ark of the Covenant was made, amen. It was made out of acacia wood, a wood that was hard to find, a very rare type of wood, Amen. A case of wood was, was, was really hard to find. Moses had to search to be able to find it in the peninsula of Sinai. Amen. It was a, it was a, it was a wood that was rare. Amen. It was very few pieces of furniture were made out of acacia wood. Not only was it made out of a rare wood, but it was covered with gold. Amen. It was overlaid with gold and, and trimmed in gold. Amen. The wood represent, representing the incarnation of Jesus Christ or the flesh of Jesus and then the gold representing the deity of Jesus. Amen. The God part of Jesus. Amen. The divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And there they had a cover put on it which was made of pure gold. And it had two cherubims on the top, which are angels. And they, were, they had their wings spread like over their faces, covering the middle part of the, the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, which was called the mercy seat. Amen. On top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat. Amen. And this was a representation of the presence of God. And in the Ark of the Covenant, they put the, 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 the bowl of manna that, God told Moses to preserve, amen. They put the, the Aaron's rod that budded, amen. They put in the Ark of the Covenant and they put the tablets of the law, amen. So the Ark of the Covenant housed the bowl of manna, amen. How many know that the bowl of manna that he saved was, was a representation of when God rained manna down from heaven, Amen. When, when, when they didn't have food to eat and they were in the wilderness and God had called them forth out of Egypt and they, they found themselves in a place where they didn't have sustenance. They didn't have a way of finding any food, but God made provision for them. Amen. And every morning when they got up, there, there would be fresh manna on the ground. They would go out and they would scoop up just enough for that day for them and their family and they would go back to their tent and that would keep them for that day. And the next morning when they got up, there would be fresh manna on the ground. How many know that that was bread from heaven? Amen. That was bread from God. That was a representation of the bread from heaven that every day of our lives when we get up, there is a fresh piece of bread. Come on. There's a fresh meal. There is a fresh hot straight out of the oven of heaven, bread from heaven to feed us and to keep us. It's a representation of the divine provision and protection of the Lord. I come to preach to you this morning. Where would we be today without the manna from heaven? Where would we be today without the protection and the presence of God? Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. They weren't to gather more than they could eat in that day. They were just to gather what would keep them through that 24-hour period. Amen. How many know he said, give to us today our daily bread? Amen. There is something God has prepared for us every day. 
There's something God has prepared for us every morning. When you rise and get up out of bed, if you got breath in your lungs, the purpose of God is upon your life. And if the purpose of God is upon your life, how many know that he's got bread from heaven for you? He's got food for you. He's got something to give you. Somebody say amen. Amen. When we rise and we wake in the morning, I believe that the God is standing there with his apron over his arm and he's standing there with that fresh pot of manna ready to feed us and give us what he has prepared for us for that day. But how many times have we walked past the Lord and went on our merry way and have not sought the Lord for the bread and the provision that he's had for us that day? I believe that we suffer too many times under the hand of fear and under the hand of oppression and depression and the things of this life because we haven't first partaken of the bread of life that God has prepared for us. Every day when we rise, there should be a hunger on the inside of us for something from God. Amen. What's the first thing that you do when you get up? Do you turn on your phone? Do you pull up Facebook? Are you looking at Instagram? Are you trying to find the the latest and greatest TikTok that somebody put out? Or are you reaching for your Bible? Are you reaching for bread from heaven? Are you reaching for the provision that God has prepared for you? Somebody say amen. Amen. There are things that are our responsibility and one of those things is coming before the throne of grace. God has made provision for us. God wants to feed us. God wants to give us what we need. But how many know he can't give us what we don't ask for? God will never give us what we don't ask for. You have not because you ask not. Somebody say amen. Aaron's rod was in there. Aaron's rod was a representation of God's power and God's anointing. Amen. Aaron was one of the priests or one of the the leaders of the different tribes of Israel when they were trying to figure out who the priesthood, who would be the priesthood? Who would be the one that, that would minister before the Lord for the people? Come on, who, who would be the tribe? There had to be one tribe that would stand as, as mediator, mediator or a representation of the priesthood between God and man, amen. It had to be one tribe. So all the tribes of Israel put a rod in to uh, the, the, the basket, amen. And, and they said the, the rod that buds, The rod that brings forth will be the one that is to stand in the place of the priesthood. And how many know that the next morning when they checked it, that Aaron's rod had budded, amen. Uh, uh, The the, the piece of wood that they had put in to be his representation of his rod, it grew out leaves and it brought forth almonds on the branch. Come on, it it, it brought forth even though it was cut off, even though it wasn't connected to the ground, it still brought forth fruit, amen and bore fruit was a representation of the anointing of God. How many know that Aaron was the one to stand in the place, he and his sons? They were the tribe of the Levites, amen. They were the one chosen, anointed to stand in the place between God and man. Come on, they were. They had the power.
power of the anointing upon them. Amen. The anointing. How many know that when he poured the oil upon Aaron's head, the Bible says it ran down over his head, down off of his beard and over his robe and all the way down to the hem of his garment. And every time he put on that garment to go before the Lord, it was a representation of the anointing of God. We need the anointing in our church. We need the anointing in our lives. We need anointed preaching, anointed singing. We need anointed praying. Come on. We need an anointing witnessing. We need the anointing of God in our lives. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We can't do anything without the power of God. Without him, we are nothing. Amen. We need the anointing of God to stand before God. I come to tell you this morning that that anointing still flows. It's still fresh. How many can, can feel that anointing this morning? Can you smell that anointing this morning? Amen. How many know the anointing that they poured on them? It put forth a specific smell. It could smell the priesthood. Mm. Amen. When there's anointing close by, you can, you can smell it. Amen. There, there's a fragrance that goes forth. There is a, a presence of God. There is, a, uh, there is an anointing. Come on. There, there is a power that's present that's not present anywhere else. Amen. How many know that we need the priesthood to be anointed? Amen. And I come to tell you, there's one that's anointed and that's Jesus Christ to stand before God and those that follow him and that are anointed by his spirit and fall underneath the covering and, the, and, the, and are submitted to his plan and his ways are the ones that are going to be anointed. You can't have anointing without Jesus. You will never be able to do it without Jesus. We need Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon, Jesus in the evening. We need Jesus all the time. Somebody say amen. Aaron's rod represented the power of God. It was inside the ark and inside the ark also was the tablets of the law. Somebody say the law. Amen. The law that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Amen. The, the law that Moses carved out in those stones. You remember that, that God carved the first set and Moses broke them. You've been in the mountain with God. And you watch the finger of God etch the law out on the stones. That'd be a precious item, wouldn't it? I mean, they, they, got, they got books that have been written that uh, years and a couple centuries ago that, that, that they treasure. Amen. They're worth, they're worth millions of dollars. Amen. If you have a, a hard copy of certain pieces of literature. Amen. But how many know that was the only, that was a, that was a unique, that was a one-time deal. That was a one and only, the only one of its kind. And Moses broke it. Can you imagine that? come down off of the mountain and the people were worshiping Baal and they had made a golden calf and he got so angry. I've been in the presence of God and this is what you're doing? Somebody say amen. I've been standing before God for you and getting the law and this is what you're doing and he threw the tablets down and broke them. Amen, I believe God was probably like shaking his head. Moses, 
Amen. Now you're going to do it. Amen. I wrote the first set. Now you're going to write the second pair. Amen. He had to etch those. How many know he understood the law after he got them etched in stone? Amen, I bet he remembered every one of them. I bet he didn't have to ask anybody. What's the seventh commandment, amen? I bet he could read them off by heart because when you write it, we've written stuff with, with pencil and paper or pen and paper and when I write it down, I remember it a whole lot better. Imagine if you had to etch it in stone. Amen, it would never leave your memory. Not only would, would it be etched on the tables of stone, but it would be etched in your mind and in your hearts. We as the people of God, we ought to have the law of God etched on our minds and in our hearts. It ought to be leading us and guiding us, amen. He's, but he said, my, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It'll keep you right. It'll keep you from wrong. Come on, it'll keep you walking the holy path. Amen. The tables of the law represented God's law. It was in the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. It was a representation of the covenant that God had made with man. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to prepare the way. Come on. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the power for you. I'm going to be your anointing. Come on. I'm going to be the power to go before you, prepare the way to fight all of your enemies. Come on. To defeat all of your enemies. But I'm going to be the law before you also. Amen. If you submit your life to me and walk according to my statues, blessed indeed shall you be. Blessed in the field. Blessed in your going out and your coming in. Blessed in the fruit of your body. Blessed in the fruit of your kind. Blessed here. Blessed in the field. Blessed in your house. Come on. Everywhere you go, the blessing of the Lord is going to be upon you if you observe and do all that has been written in my law. I think as a church, as a country, we need to get back to the laws of God. We need to get back to the Ten Commandments and following the laws of God. Somebody say amen. Why don't we stand to our feet, clap our hands to the Lord for the laws of God. Why don't we show him some reverence today and say the world might not care, but I honor your law today. Come on, high five your neighbor this morning and tell him I'm following God's law. I'm staying in the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm in the way. I'm staying in the way. I'm not turning to the right or to the left, but I'm getting on that narrow path. I'm gonna walk on all the way to heaven. I made up my mind, though hell or high water, whether anybody goes with me, I'm going with God. I'm gonna stay under the presence of the Lord. Clap your hands to God, he's worthy. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The provision of God, the power of God, and the law of God. You can't have the presence of God without the law of God. Amen. There's a lot of people trying to have the presence without the law. You can't have the presence without the law. It's part of it. Somebody say amen. 
Nobody wants to follow the law or keep the law. Nobody wants to live a life that's pleasing to God. Amen. Nobody wants to, there's, there's a lot of people that don't want to walk the holy way, but how many know if you're going to have the presence of the Lord, you're going to walk in submission to the laws of God. Amen. Because the word of God and the presence of God go hand in hand. Amen. You can't have God without his word. And he's always going to say, separate, separate from the world. He's come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you unto myself and you shall be to me sons and daughters and I will be to you a God. Amen. How many know when you submit to the law of God that the presence of the Lord and the blessing of God will fall upon your life and upon your family and upon your household. Say I'm blessed. Amen. King Saul was the Saul that was the king that King Saul was the king that reigned before David. King Saul, the Bible says that that when he was little in his own eyes, that the that God called him a man. But as he, be, he got to be king and and began to be king, he he developed his own way of doing things. He did it his way. He followed his plan and his purpose and just wanted God to come alongside. Amen. He, he decided in every situation what he would do and, and, and expected God to come along with him. Amen. How many know that sometimes that's the way we are? We live our lives the way we want to live them. We come and go as we please. We do what we want and we just want God to come alongside and bless our plans. But that's not the way it works. It will never work that way. Amen. Because the logos that was spoken in the beginning, which is the word of God. Amen. It was the purpose and the plan of God. It is the, the eternal purpose and plan of God. There is one plan that's going to last forever. There is one purpose that's going to last forever. That's God's plan and God's purpose. Man's ways are going to be, are going to be extinguished. They're going to come to naught. They might, they might prosper for a moment, but sooner or later, they're going to fall apart. I come to tell you this morning, we got to get in God's way. We got to get under God's purpose, under God's plan, and get hooked up with God's plan and walk according to his will. Somebody say amen. Saul, this, God gave Saul commandment. He said, I want you to go destroy the Amalekites. Destroy them completely. I want you to, I want you to kill them all. They're an abomination unto me. Every one of them that exists, I want you to kill. Not only do I want you to kill all of the Amalekites, I want you to kill all of their livestock and everything. Everything that's connected to them, I want you to kill. Totally destroy it. The Amalekites attacked Moses in the wilderness. Amen. They, 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 they would attack from behind. They, they, would, they would attack when you weren't looking. They, they would come in from behind and they would take out the, the, the weak and the feeble. Amen. They, they, they wouldn't stand up face to face with you. They would fight you from behind. And he knew the future and what would, what, what would come to, uh, to be if they weren't annihilated and destroyed. Amen. Because they were a thorn in the side of God's people. So he gave Saul a commandment to destroy him. So Saul went out and he killed most of them. The majority of them. 
I'm doing pretty good if I destroy the majority of it, right? His, his gauge, his, it was a different level than God's because God said all of it. Somebody say all of it. He keeps the king alive. Amen. He didn't kill them all. Keeps the king, brings them in, has him there at the camp, keeps a lot of the sheep and the oxen there. Didn't kill them all. He thought this would be a good opportunity for me to keep these and sacrifice them unto the Lord. That's what the people wanted him to do. Amen. There's no reason to destroy all this. Just keep them all. God told the prophet, I want you to go and tell Saul that I have removed him as king. Man, Saul come, Samuel comes to Saul and he says, uh, did you perform the commandment that I told you? He said, I did. I did. I, I performed it. I performed it just like God said. Because there's, there's something in us that thinks our way is good enough. That whatever I'm capable of doing or willing to do is going to have to be good enough for God. No, no, no. He said, well, what is this I hear? The, the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen. He said, well, 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 hold on a minute. I just kept those to sacrifice to God. He said, didn't God tell you to destroy everything? Destroy. Because you have chosen to do it your own way, God has removed you from being king. Man, you have to understand something about Saul. Saul had in his possession the Ark of the Covenant. It was, it, was, it was in possession. It was in the camp. It was everywhere that they went, they had the Ark of Covenant. But if you read through the scripture in, in, in 1 Samuel and you begin to search it out, you'll find that, that every time that Saul went out to battle, the Bible says that he inquired not of the Lord. It's specific in telling us that Saul inquired not of the Lord. Amen. He, 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 didn't, he didn't go to God and ask whether his permission or he didn't go to God and ask whether or not he should do this or that. He didn't go to God and ask him what enemies he should fight and what enemies he should not fight. He decided for himself what what what. God wanted him to do. Amen. He inquired not of the Lord. And on the day that he was went out to battle, amen, his last day alive, when he went out to battle, the Bible says that he and his sons went out to battle and Saul inquired not of the Lord. He had in his grasp the Ark of the Covenant, the divine presence of God. Whenever the priesthood or the prophet would go before the Ark of the Covenant and ask direction from God, God would always be speak up and give direction to his people. He had the opportunity to get direction. He had the opportunity to get God's way and God's will, but he was unconcerned with what God wanted him to do and more concerned with what he wanted to do with his own life. And I come to preach to you this morning. It got him killed. That day he went out to battle. Saul and his sons were all killed in battle. And not only that, but they took the Ark of the Covenant. They stole the Ark of the covenant. Amen. Not only did the people lose a king and his sons, but they lost the divine presence of God. Because if you don't value the presence of God enough to ask God or inquire of the Lord, you will 
touch you, you will lose it. It'll be taken away from you. We have in our grasp the divine presence of the Lord. We have the divine direction of God. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We have access to the eternal purpose of God and plan of God. God forbid that we would step out and not ask God permission and not ask his will and not find out what his word for our life is. I come to preach. There better be a concern that rises up in our heart to say, God, I want your way. I want your will. God, I'm only going to go if you go with me. I'm only going to do it, God, if you're beside me. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching hard this morning. We got to get in line with God's will. We got to get in line with God's word. We got to give, we want the presence of God to go with us and before us. We're going to have to inquire of the Lord and ask God, what is thy will for my life? Somebody say amen. I need God's will every day of my life. Somebody say amen. He lost it. The Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines. Amen. It was taken and it was put in a place of worship by their God, Dagon. Has anybody ever read that story? Amen. God put him on his face. Amen. They come in the next morning and Dagon's fallen over, hands broken off. Amen. They set him back up, come in the next day, Dagon's fallen over because there's no other God that can stand before our God, amen. They didn't even believe that that God was the God, but the God showed that he was that God. Come on, he was the one and only true God. Not only that, but a curse broke out upon the Philistines and their bodies, the emeralds, they, they got sores all over their bodies and, and a curse went through all the camp and they said, man, we gotta get rid of this thing. Amen. They, 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 put it on a, they, they put it on a cart and they, they sent it away. They said, yeah, hit, hit those kinds, sent it away. And it, they went running carrying the Ark of the Covenant. I, I don't know what I got to do, but just get it out of here. Amen. Because it's not supposed to be with us. Amen. How many know he is the great and terrible God? He's great to those that believe in him, but he's terrible to those who don't. Come on, how many know that in that great and day of judgment, there's gonna, he's gonna be a great God to the church when we stand before him, but how many know there's a lot of people that's gonna think he's a terrible God because of the judgment that's gonna come down upon people. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. It's okay, it's all right. The Bible says that after King died, King Saul died. David was anointed to be king. David was, David was anointed to be king years before when he was a child. It was already spoken that he would be the next king. But how many know that Saul stayed reigning until his death before David took over king? David refused to fight against God's anointed Regardless of what Saul did, Saul tried to kill him. Saul Saul chased him, pursued him. David lived in caves. 
he, he lived in ditches. He slept in ditches. He, he slept in some of the dirtiest places. He, how many know that he was in the cave of Adullam and uh, the men that began to come to him who ultimately became his mighty men and his army in the cave of Adullam? Amen. The Bible says that when King Saul died that David stepped in as king. And David began immediately inquiring of the Lord. You read throughout scripture, David's walk with God and everything that he did, the Bible says that he inquired of the Lord. It didn't matter what it was or how simple. He might have thought that he had the answer, but, but he inquired of the Lord, right? Shall I pursue them? Even, even, even when before he was king, when, he, when, when, he, when Ziklag was destroyed and, and they came back and his, the women and the children were all taken and everything that they owned was taken and the city was burned with fire. The Bible says that David wept until he had no more power to weep and his men thought of stoning him and destroying him. Amen. Even in that situation, uh, instead of going out in rage and going after the enemy, he went before the Lord and inquired of the Lord. Amen. Man, even when it seems like it's like it's reasonable to, to, to do it the way that you want to do it, you still have to have God's permission. Amen. You got to have God's way. He might have, with everything on the inside of him, he wanted to pursue that army that had destroyed that. And you know who they were? The Amalekites. Amen. Because that's how the Amalekites roll. They roll in when you're not looking, when you're not there to take the women and the children. But when David inquired of the Lord, the Lord said, yeah, absolutely, pursue after them and you shall recover all. How many know that if we inquire of the Lord, God's not going to give us bad device, advice. He's not going to give us advice that's going to get us killed. He's not going to give us advice that's going to lead us into darkness or lead us into sin or lead us astray, but he's going to give us advice that's going to keep us in the will of God because the only thing that's important is the will of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. David began to inquire of the Lord. Shall I fight this battle? Fight that battle. Shall I go up against this troop? Don't go up against that troop. Amen. Don't go up that way, but go up by the side of the mulberry bushes. And if you come up by the mulberry bushes, when you hear the sound of the wind and the mulberry bushes and the rustling, then go in. Amen. Because the Lord, your God, has gone before you. Amen. Every time David asked and inquired of the Lord, God gave him the specific directions of how to win the battle. I come to preach to this church this morning. If we're going to win for God, if we're going to do what God has called us to do, we're going to have to have the presence of the Lord. We're going to have to spend time in prayer. We're going to have to commune with God. We're going to have to find God's way and God's will because that is the only thing that matters. The only thing that's going to win in the end is God's will. Somebody say amen. David said, we got to bring the ark back. We can't do this without the presence of God. We got we to bring the ark back. And so they went and got the ark. David's one of his first one of his first decisions as king was to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. To have it. For it to be there in its place. Amen. If the Ark of the Covenant is in its place, we have everything that we need. He brought it, he, he sent, they went out to get it and they loaded it on a cart and 
and they begin to drive it. They begin to drive the cart where they wanted it to be. Amen. They came across the threshing floor and the cart, you know how, have you, anybody ever rode in a wagon? I'm not talking about a Subaru wagon. I'm talking about a wooden wheeled wagon. Anybody ever rode in a wooden wheeled wagon? Some of you older folks probably have. Have you rode in a wooden wheeled wagon? Good for you. It's a pretty comfortable ride. If you got a wooden wheeled rag wagon and you're trying to haul something that's precious, how's that going to turn out? I mean, really, I mean, if it's breakable, fragile, something that you really want to take care of, you're probably not going to haul it in a wagon. But David wanted to get it where he wanted it to be as quickly as possible. I want it there now, right? I want the presence of the Lord. We got a wagon. We, we, got, we, we got oxen. We got, we got horses. Let's just pull that Ark of the Covenant. Let's just get it here. I don't, I don't care how we get it here, but we got to get it here. I want it here as quickly as possible. But how many knows that our timetable is not God's timetable? And God has a way of doing things and a way of operating. And we got to stay within God's timetable and God's timing because God's timing is perfect. And there's specific ways and details that he wants things done according to his will and according to his purpose. But David David didn't really seek out the details. He just wanted the presence of God. Come on. Some of us don't want the details. We just want God's presence. We want it as quickly as we can get it. We want to get to, to the point where we're fully mature, where we have everything we want as quickly as possible. But that's not the way it works. Come on. Because when they got when, when that wagon hit the threshing floor, it shook the wagon. Amen. They don't have shocks on wooden wheeled wagons. When it hit that threshing floor, Boom, Uzzah was driving the wagon. He reached over to, to steal the ark. To care for the ark. And God killed him. Right there in that moment. Boom, dead. David was mad. Read it. David was angry. He killed Uzzah. So, so, a lot of people say that the reason that, that, that he killed Uzzah was because they weren't moving the Ark of the Covenant properly, which uh, part of the reason he got killed was that, was that they weren't moving it the way that Scripture told them. Because if you look it up, the Ark was to be carried. It was never to be put on a cart. It was to be carried by men. Amen. But... When we do, when we handle the presence of God the way we want to handle it, 
Amen. We do it our way. We we don't want God's details. We're going to do it our way. Amen. And when they hit the threshing floor, the threshing floor is a representation of a beating out the wheat, right? That's that's the place where they thresh the wheat. They beat out the wheat. Amen. It's a place of, of, of purification. It's a place of beating off what's dead, right? It's a place of beating off the chaff to get to get to that the good part amen they're trying to get to the kernel of wheat but in order to get to the kernel of wheat they got to beat off all of the bad it's a representation of sanctification and purification before God the threshing floor was a place of purification and when that cart hit the place of purification it shook the cart and it shook the presence of the Lord it would have tipped over the ark of the covenant in that place if Uzzah would not have touched it we need to understand it's not Uzzah's place uh, to take care of God's presence in that way because the threshing floor was meant for a purpose uh, and God was about to upset the cart uh, of what David was doing with his presence. But Uzzah got in the way of that. I come to tell you, there are preachers uh, that are getting in the way of God uh, trying to upset the cart uh, and God's not happy with it. I come to tell you, we gotta let God be God and let the threshing floor have its perfect work. God will care for his own presence. Amen. How many know when Jesus began to tell the disciples, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be nailed to the cross. I'm going to give my life. And Peter said, not so, Lord. Be it far from you. Be it far. That's not going to happen. And Jesus turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan, because thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. The things that be of men will be people that, that try to steal the cart, try to steal the presence of the Lord, try to stop what the threshing floor's doing. But I come to tell you, we need to let God be God. Let his process operate and let God take care of his presence. Come on, he will get us in a place he needs us to be. Amen. Whew. It's not going to happen in your timing. It's going to happen in God's timing. You got to carry it. So David did some research. He got word that Obed-Edom, David was mad. David was hurt. He didn't understand why Uzzah had to die. They parked the Ark of the Covenant at Obed-Edom's house. He just left it there because he didn't know what to do with it. He's like, I don't want to get anybody else killed. Somebody say amen. I don't want to do it wrong anymore. I think he was angry with God for a period of time. Amen. When we get angry with God and we don't understand the ways of God, sometimes we just set God in a place and walk away from it, right? Has anybody ever done that? I'll get back to you later. I'm just not sure how to handle you. Has anybody ever felt that way with the Lord? Amen. Three months it was in Obed-Edom's house and the Bible says that his house was blessed. Every, Every function of his life was blessed. His family was blessed, his household was blessed, his servants were blessed, his his harvest was blessed. Amen, Obed-Edom's just eating it up. Thanks, King. I think I'll just keep this. Amen. I I probably would have tried to cover it up and hide it in a barn or something. 
dig a hole and bury it and get it out whenever I... The Bible says three months later, David's like, I got to get the ark back. So he did some research. He began to look back through the writings. He began to look back through the law. And he began to see in the books that Moses wrote how that the ark was not to be ever put on a cart. But the presence of God was to be carried. Have you ever transported something very valuable? You got something that really means a lot to you? Somebody got their wallet on them? That's valuable. Guess where I keep it? Ain't nobody picking that pocket. I got some people packing in here if they try to pick my pocket. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Something valuable. You don't, you, you, you carry it, right? You, you make sure that it, it's cared for because when you're carrying something, six men were to carry it. So they, it had handles on it. They would get on the, the handles, uh, rods that come out, and they, they would each pick it up like this, and they would carry the ark. The Bible says that they would go six paces. They would go six paces. Is that six? And they would stop, and they would set it down, and they would worship they would sacrifice. They would play their music. And they would dance before the Lord. They would worship him. And they would pick it up. And they would go six paces. And they would sit it down. And they would sacrifice. And they would worship. And they would sing praises to God. And they would pick up the ark. And they would go six paces. Because everything the Lord's going to do is going to be at his pace in his way. Come on. Why six paces? Why six paces? Anybody ever wonder that? There's people that have all kinds of ideas. I believe it was six paces because six, he said six days shalt thou work. Come on, because God had a plan from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He worked for six days operating and creating and making the things that are. And on the seventh day, he rested, right? On the seventh day, which was meant and set aside to be a day of worship. Amen. It was meant and set aside to be a time of rest and worship unto God and sacrifice before the Lord. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to do on, on, on the Lord's day. There's a lot of things that I got a lot of plans and a lot of purposes and a lot of things going on in my life that I could use that extra time, but that time's not meant for me. That time's meant for God. And he said, you're going to go six paces and you're going to set the down and you're going to worship. You're going to hear from me. You're going to give me what I've asked for. Amen. One day at a time. 
presence of the Lord. I'm going to carry it for six days. And I'm going to carry it. I'm going to take the paces. But when the seventh day comes, I'm going to sit it down and I'm going to dance before the Lord. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to sing praises unto him. I'm going to play my music. I'm going to do what I can do to show God how much he means to me. Somebody say amen. In order to get where he wanted the presence of the Lord to be, it would have taken thousands of sacrifices. They were some miles from where it was supposed to be. But you can't get where God wants you to be quickly. Hear me. Don't be frustrated from, with where you're at. Don't be frustrated with where you're at right now. Come on. I know there's a lot of people here this morning. We can't judge our church based on summer attendance. Come on. How many know we got vacations and we got things going? But understand me today. Understand me. You can't judge your life with uh, walking with God with where you're at right now because it's not about where you're at right in the present. It's about where you're going. It's about where he's taking you. Amen. It's about, You're going to get there if you keep walking with God, if you keep carrying that ark of God, if you keep realizing that his power and his anointing and his provision and his law is with you, that no weapons formed against you shall be able to prosper and anything that stands in your way, God's going to help you get through it. Amen. But you got to learn to set that ark down. Come on. you got to learn to realize uh, there's a time and a place uh, for my way, but there comes moments in our lives uh, where we need God's way. And I come to tell you this Sunday morning uh, that this is God's way right here. This is God's time. Uh, this is an opportunity for God to be God in our lives. He wants to know how much we love him. Amen. We can't handle the presence of the Lord the way that we want to handle it. Amen. When you're a child of God, you're going to do it his way. Come on, or you're not going to do it. Come on, somebody. There's going to be some. Uh, there's going to be some ramifications. Amen. For things that we try to do our own way without trusting the Word of God and the the ways of God in our life. Come on. You. We we, we better listen this morning. We got children hanging on us. We got people hanging on us. Come on. We got neighbors hanging on us. We got people watching us. We have to understand the presence of the Lord's the most important thing. I got to stay submitted to God and what God wants to do and stay in His will and not my own. I got to do it God's way and I got to give him what he's asking for. Somebody say amen. Somebody say sacrifice. They sacrificed a lot to get the presence of the Lord where it was supposed to be. A lot of death had to take a lot of oxen died. Come on. A lot of heifers. A lot of animals died because they sacrificed every six paces. Amen. But they went at God's pace. And they did it God's way. And when that, when that Ark of the Covenant was finally set up in its place and it came into Jerusalem for the first time in a long time. They had the musicians out there. They had the singers. They had all the instruments that they had out there made out of fir wood. Read it. Play them before the Lord. Shouting. 
blowing the trumpets and worshiping before God. Amen. The Bible says that David was so excited that he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Somebody say he danced before the Lord. He was so exuberant and enthusiastic and excited about the presence of the Lord finally being back in Jerusalem. And he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Amen. Has anybody ever been that excited before the Lord? Amen. We need to restore excitement because when the presence of the Lord comes, how many know he brings with it his power? He brings his anointing. He brings his provision and his law. Amen. It's to be regarded and it's to be worshiped. Amen. And I believe that we can praise God with all of our might, with all of our heart, with all of our strength. I believe it's our responsibility to represent God with some praise and and give him, uh, uh, make him understand how much we feel and love his presence and how excited we are to be in the presence of the Lord. There's a lot of people that don't have what we have or experience what we experience on a weekly basis. We need to get, we need to go down memory lane and get get an understanding of we got the presence of God that no we can do anything with God on our side he deserves our worship he deserves our praise he deserves our energy he deserves our effort he deserves our voices come on he deserves our heart I wonder if you could stand to your feet clap your hands to God with all of your might and give God a shout of triumph somebody say hallelujah Amen. Remain standing. You can come to the the music this morning. They got the Ark of the Covenant there and they put it in its place. In the holiest of holies. It's a place where one time a year the high priest would take the blood from the altar of sacrifice and he would go through that second veil and if you read the Bible you'll find that that veil is a representation of Jesus' flesh and when Jesus died on the cross that second veil that separated the holy place from the holiest of all was rent or torn in half from the top to the bottom, creating access to the place that only one person could go one time a year. He would go into that holiest of holies and he would take the blood and he would sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. And when he did, a cloud would descend upon that mercy seat. It's a representation of God receiving the sacrifice that was put on the mercy seat, giving us access to the Ark of the Covenant. If you read the book of Hebrews, you'll find that Jesus went in to the holy place in heaven because everything 
that he created in the earth was a shadow. It was a shadow in the earth of what already existed in heaven. The Bible says that he went in and sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat. <laughs> Once for all. He only had to do that one time. And he made provision for all the sins of the whole world. Now we know that the blood has to be applied to your life in order for you to access the covenant of God. Let me know it's got to be applied to your life. The only people that the death angel passed over was the ones that applied the blood to the doorpost. And the death angel passed over. Amen. How many know we need the blood of Jesus? And the blood of Jesus is available. He sprinkled upon the mercy seat and giving us access to the divine presence of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have access to Jesus. He is that Ark of the Covenant. Come on, how many know he is the law? He's the fulfillment of the law. He was the law made flesh. His one of his purposes was to fulfill. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. Somebody say amen. He is Aaron's rod that budded. How many know he is the priest? He's the high priest. He's the mediator between God and men. Amen. He's the one that stands in between, the go-between. No man comes to the Father but by me. Somebody say amen. And he is God's provision. How many know Jesus stood in the temple and he said, I am that bread that came down from heaven, that if a man eat thereof, he shall live forever. Amen. Jesus is the divine presence of God. He is the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. When you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. Come on. When you have Jesus set upon you, you're carrying the Lord. Amen. You have everything that you need. I ask you this morning, do you have Jesus? Is Jesus calling the shots? Is he leading the way? Is he the one that's given direction? Is he the one that we're living for? What are we doing with his presence? How are we handling the opportunity that we have to be in the will of God? Is it just an addition to our lives? Is it just something that, that we do on Sunday? Or is it something that we pick up every day of our life? and carry it, amen, and carry it where God would have us to carry it. I mean, no, you gotta put, he said, put thee on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every day of our lives, we gotta pick him up and we gotta put him on, amen. 
Amen. We got to seek God for our way and seek God for our path and seek God for our provision and seek God and make sure that we're handling and operating in the presence of God the way that we should. Are we caring for his presence today? would to God that we would leave this place today with a with a fresh commitment and devotion to the Lord a fresh commitment to to his way a fresh reverence for his word and a fresh praise on our lips. I want his presence in my life. If you want his presence in your life, I wonder if you could just lift your hands right now. Close your eyes. Just ask the Lord right now, God, I want your presence, Lord. I want it to be number one. God, I... I don't want it to be set aside somewhere. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be forgotten, God. I, I don't want to be like King Saul, Lord, that I'm not asking you. I'm not inquiring at your will and at your plan. I'm not asking you, Lord. I don't want to be that way, God. I want to be like King David. I want to inquire, Lord, for every little thing. I want to inquire, Lord, for, 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 for simp- simple things even, what I should eat, what I should wear, where I should go. Come on. Uh, uh, God, I want you to make provision, Lord, for my future. Make provision for my present, God. I place myself in your hands this morning, Lord. God, I, I, I want to have a fresh desire, Lord, to serve you, Lord, your way. God, to do it your way. God, in the name of Jesus. But ultimately, I just want your presence in my life. I want your protection in my life. I want your blessing upon my children, upon my home, upon my finances. Come on, upon my relationships, upon my church, upon my community, Lord. I want your your presence, God, and your blessing, God, to be upon my life in the name of Jesus. Come on, every person in the building, why don't you lift your heart to the Lord? God, feel my heart today, Lord. God, I want to be on the path that you have called me to walk. on, I just want your presence. I feel a call of God this morning. I just want your presence. God's calling you to a closer walk with him. Come on, he's calling you to a covenant with him. Come on, he's calling you to a a more powerful prayer life. He's calling you to devotion in his word. He wants to feed you. He wants to give you revelations that you never thought you could have. Come on, he's calling you to a place of protection. He's calling you to a place of power and a place of anointing. Come on, you gotta have his presence. You gotta get in his presence. where you're moving. I just want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. I just want to be in the middle of your presence, God. I want to be in the middle of your
your power. I want to be under your anointing, God. I want to be submitted to your people, submitted to your word, walking with your people, operating in the body of Christ. I just want to be where you're at, God. I want to be in the middle of what you're doing and where you're moving. Is that anybody's prayer? If that's your prayer this morning, why don't you run down to this altar, lift your hands to God, and just begin to worship today. I just want to be in the middle of what you're doing, Lord. I want to be in the middle, God, of what you're doing. I want to be used of you, Lord. I want your power, God, operating in my life. I want fresh manna from heaven. I need a fresh word from the Lord. I want to be in the middle of what you're doing. I want to operate in my place in the body of Christ. Come on, I want to be in the middle, God, of what you're doing, the power of your spirit and the operating of your anointing. I want to be there, Lord. I want to be used in it, God. I want to operate in it, Lord. I'm going to do it your way. God, I'm going to do it your way. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.